Hi, everyone. Dave Stahoviak back with the second lesson in this audio course on key tactics for leading through ambiguity. A reminder that applications are open to the Coaching for Leaders Academy through this Friday, March 18th. You can find details at coachingforleaders.com slash academy. And if you want access to this free audio course permanently after it vanishes off the public directories, just set up your free membership at coachingforleaders.com. Now on to the second lesson, which is how to get people talking with a few key questions. Years ago, I met with a potential client to discuss creating a coaching skills program for their organization. It was one of my first opportunities as an independent consultant, so I felt pretty honored even to be considered. I remember we sat down for about a 45-minute meeting, and I'd come to the conversation with a ton of questions about what was prompting the request for the program and who they were planning to develop through it and the outcomes they wanted once the program was done. I recall the prospective client being really well prepared for the meeting and we hit it off instantly. We'd end up going on to work together closely on a few projects over the years. There was a ton of energy in the room about what was possible through a program like this. And I walked away feeling pretty confident that I could do a lot to help them. Only one problem. Nothing we had discussed in the meeting had anything to do with coaching skills. Mostly it was management 101 kinds of things. How to delegate, ways to give feedback, self-awareness. Not entirely unrelated to coaching skills, but not the topics you typically find in an actual coaching skills program. What they really wanted was general management training. After I got hired for the job, I found out later I'd been up against a much larger firm with a lot more experience in designing coaching programs. Their proposed program to the client had, quite reasonably, been focused on helping people develop coaching skills, since that's what the client had asked for. But since I'd come in with a bunch of questions before writing the proposal, I stumbled upon the realization that our client didn't actually want what they thought they were asking for. It's one of the first times I realized the power of open-ended questions and the reality that not everyone uses the same language to describe the same situation. It caused me over the years to lean in a lot more on simple, open-ended questions to get people talking. And I found that four questions have helped me elicit clarity in situations that sometimes seemed ambiguous or where I thought there maybe was some certainty and realized after getting deeper into a conversation that I wasn't clear at all what the other party was communicating. The first of these four questions is just two words. How so? How so is probably the question I've used more as a coach, facilitator, and leader to open up conversation than probably any other question. The trigger for me for this question is when someone shares a conclusion or a result or something else that sounds definitive, but perhaps without context or details. For example, I've heard many people in my line of work say things over the years like, I feel like I'm improving in my one-on-one interactions with employees. When I hear a statement like that, I know there's probably more behind it. And I find myself naturally curious on what's happened. So I'll ask, how so? And often that will open up a bunch of details about how something actually played out. 
that then provides both them and me a lot more context for the value of whatever we're discussing. A closely related but different question than this is, tell me more. I also ask this in situations where someone makes a statement, but I sense that there's a lot more behind it. Now, your English teacher from school would tell you that, tell me more, it's not a question, it's technically a command, but I actually try to say this like a question. I'm not intending it as a command. I really just want to lead the conversation into more dialogue. The how you say this is key. I'll often pause for a moment, lean in a bit, and then try to ask this in a light and curious way, such as, tell me more. The advantage of an invitation like, tell me more, is that you're not providing any context for what you want the person to say next. It's entirely up to them where they go with that. I find that most of the time that's a benefit because it means that while I'm establishing that I want the conversation to continue, I'm not defining the direction of what's said. And as a result, I'm hopefully discovering what's actually on their mind. It's a useful tool for a leader who's trying to understand what people are actually thinking. The third question I use a lot is this one. What's a time that happened? I tend to use this question when someone is sharing something they're struggling with. Since every person uses different language to describe tough situations, especially those involving people, I learned long ago not just to rely on the first thing someone said in defining a reference point for the entire conversation. Let me explain. All those years ago, when I was sitting in that meeting to design a coaching skills program, I asked for examples of situations that our client was seeing where people were struggling. She might have used the word coaching, but then she would describe a situation that sounded to me a lot more like conflict management. Neither of us were right or wrong. We were just using different language to describe the same thing. And you can get past an impasse like that by just asking a simple question about an example rather than just taking their statement at face value. Now, whenever someone articulates something that's not working and defines it, I try to surface an example by asking, what's the time that happened? Or something closely related like, could you share a situation where you ran into this recently? It's way less important what someone calls something and far more important that you understand how they are thinking about it. Examples almost always bridge that gap pretty substantially. Finally, I like to use the question, what's next? Sometimes I use this in our academy sessions to help focus our members on their next steps. And I've used it just as often when discussing something I've delegated to start or encourage the person I'm working with to think forward to the next operational task. It's also a helpful way to signal the next step in a conversation or a meeting when wrapping up a prior point. So there's four questions for you that will help to reduce a bit of ambiguity. How so? Tell me more. What's the time that happened? And what's next? If there's one of those questions you haven't tried before, give it a try this week in a conversation and see what dialogue opens up between you and the other party. We spend time in many of our academy sessions doing something called discovery. That's asking curious questions to find out more about someone's situation without giving suggestions, advice, or direction. It's hard to listen without responding immediately, 
but it's a skill we all practice and work to get better at so that we can listen better in the workplace. Applications are open for our academy now until Friday, March 18th. Details are at coachingforleaders.com academy. And if you want access to this audio course permanently, simply go to coachingforleaders.com to set up your free membership. In the third lesson coming tomorrow, how to begin with small, noticeable improvements.